0: welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at CopyChief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kevin here. And uh, let's talk about avatars. You know what we mean when we say avatars. Surely you must. You're you're plugged in. You're in the know. Uh, but if you're if that's a new term to you, we're not talking about the blue people in the movie. Uh, an avatar is uh, your your ideal customer, right? The person that you want to write to so that your copy feels intimate and like it's uh, a, a you know a, a personal conversation between you and them. And the, the better we understand. Our our best prospects, what we call our avatar, the better we can have that conversation and make it feel really uh, special and, like I said, intimate. So they kind of read it and they go, "It's like you're inside my head." And so there's you know lots of talk out there about how to create your avatar, different processes for how to go about it. My guest today is Allison Carpio. Uh, You probably know Allison if you're regular listener to the show she's just brilliant we've done some great episodes about a B split testing and some other cool stuff and Allison's new obsession because copywriters always have awesome new obsessions <laughs> yeah is avatars and Allison this is a result of you know some some high level work you've been doing with some pretty famous uh, people out there in the in the marketing world and the guru world. So, I'm um, excited that you're going to come on and share your new insights with us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's my third time. I'm excited to be here again.
0: Yeah, triple threat. Love it. <laughs> so, I uh, just want to make sure people know where to go find you and some more uh, some more coolness around this topic of avatars. It's allisoncarpio.com, two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N carpio allisoncarpio.com is where you can get all the good stuff.
1: You're getting really So, good let's just my last name, Kevin.
0: Thanks. <laughs> it's yeah. Been a long time coming. The people screw it up. It <laughs> seems pretty it seems pretty clear to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're doing great.
0: <laughs> what do they say, Carpio?
1: Caprio, Carpio. Oh,
0: Caprio. Like
1: Leonardo <laughs> Caprio. Like we're distance cousins. Right.
0: <laughs> 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 they want it to be yeah, harder than it is. <laughs> um so let's let's just talk about um You know, again, Avatars 101, Uh, why is this so important?
1: Yeah, so you kind of already went over what an avatar is. It's a real person who represents your ideal customer. Um, But the distinction here is that it's based on real data. And Mm -hmm. it's the exact person you're creating your business, your services, your products, and run your copy for. Um, A lot of clients I've worked with have a very broad and general idea of who their avatar is. But once they get a little bit more clarity and they dig deeper into what they want, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, it just translates into more meaningful copy um, and and of course, it also translates into more quality products and services, and you know that's when they like to see more growth for their business now, what a avatar is not is a guess who you think your ideal customer is, and it's certainly not limited to age range um, income, gender, or even their number one struggle. And a very common, um, uh, a very common niche where this is very common is uh, B2B. A lot of B2B companies mm-hmm. will say, oh, like it's a CMO making X amount of dollars at this kind of company. But you know, it's so much more deeper than that. And that's something that we're going to dive into today.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And especially, I'm glad you brought up B2B because uh, one of the frustrations I have about when people the assumptions they make about B2B copy is that it needs to sound like corporate speak, right? They forget that they're talking to an actual human being who does the same stuff we all do. They they troll around on Facebook and they watch the same wacky videos or they get angry about the same stuff, right? They're human beings. Yeah.
1: They're humans. They have life outside of work and a lot of times that overlaps just like entrepreneurs do. Actually, especially like entrepreneurs do. And even um, even in Copy Chief itself, when we have a lot of these review requests for copy, I think a lot of the times the um, avatar is very off, and that'll affect how you write your copy. So it's like that very first starting point where you want to uh, make sure you have it nailed down before you even write copy in the first place.
0: Fantastic. You're so good at this. <laughs> okay. So, so let's, let's dig in. Let's see some examples so people can really uh, start to... See the difference.
1: Okay. So a very recent example is um, a client of mine. His name is Bo Eason. He um, teaches people how to tell their personal story. And I got this really rare and awesome opportunity, actually thanks to you, Kevin, um, where I went to one of his events as part of the research. Um, Marcella Allison, who um, is on uh, Copy Chief or the Truth About Marketing a couple times, But she's in the mastermind, and she had invited me to come to the event. So this was really, really awesome and nerdy because I got to see all of the avatars in real life, Um, Mm -hmm. especially the the mastermind members who spent so much time and money with Bo Eason himself. So um, when I was talking to the team about um, who the avatar was before I wanted to write their copy, um, all we really knew was that they were people who wanted to tell their personal story. Which you know is a lot of people, <laughs> as you can imagine, yeah. and right. uh, there was a big mix of uh, financial advisors, entrepreneurs, coaches, even former athletes, just just a lot of different kinds of people. so um, we kind of wanted to go beyond what their occupation was and One thing I noticed after hunting down a lot of these mastermind members and sitting them down for interviews, um, I saw a couple trends and um A couple example is that the avatars are really determined by what stage they are in their lives, personally and professionally. So, um, for example, avatar A um, needs a lot of clarity into their life. Um, Example is this uh, one woman. She was a former pro wrestler, really, really badass woman. And um, when she had uh, started, she was um, a stay-at-home mom after an injury. And she was kind of at this crossroads in her life where she didn't know her identity. And she just knew she wanted to be the best at something, but she didn't know what that was. So um, she was you know, downplaying herself to her friends, and uh, she knew she wanted to be much more than a mom. So she started working with Bo Eason, and she purchased his products and went to his events to get clarity into what that was and then really go for it.
0: So I just want to get some more context here. It's fascinating to me. Uh, so was she like WWE yes. pro wrestler? <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Really awesome woman. So you can imagine how how different that must feel to go from a pro wrestler who's in the spotlight who mm. is kicking butt at their career. And then all of a sudden, um, you're a stay-home mom, which is fulfilling, but you know, certainly there's more to life that she wanted out of it.
0: Right. Yeah. And I could see why she would have resonated with Bo, a former athlete himself. Uh, who went on to, you know, create a one-man show, which was amazing, su- amazingly successful, and now is, uh, for me, the best speaker I've ever witnessed. I, I had the opportunity to see Bo in a room of about fifty people, and I have never seen every single person in the room just glued to another human being. You literally could not look away. Yeah. Uh, and he, and what was cool was Bo. Will teach you, he'll tell you why you can't look away. <laughs> you're right? He's like, You can't take your eyes off me right now because I'm doing this. And you're like, Wow, you're right. I literally can't look away. It's it's amazing. He's he's it's the best of the best. Yeah. So he
1: really is. Yeah, I,
0: I can I could see why she would have resonated with Bo and, and how he could have really helped her uh break out of this this sort of little funk she was in.
1: Exactly. And that's really common too. A lot of people don't exactly know what it is that they want to do, but they are mm. an A player. They, they do want to be the best at something. They just don't know what that is yet.
0: Right. Awesome. Okay. So that, that would represent one kind of avatar. Yep. So the second one at,
1: at is um, they already do have clarity into what they want to be the best at. They do have a business already. Um, they do have a career and they just want to start speaking more and build up their business and scale. So, um, they just want to connect more deeply with their audience or their clients, and as you could see, if you contrast that with the first one that we just talked about, they really want very different things, yet they're both um, ideal avatars for Boezen.
0: Right, absolutely. yeah, very cool. and so so what once you were able to identify those avatars, that you then wrote some copy custom to each of them.
1: Right, exactly. It was so clear. And I mean, that's one of the things that I recommend, like, because these avatars are based on real people, when you are writing for them, or or when you're writing, you have someone in mind that you are writing to. We all know that idea, but I think especially when there are multiple avatars and, and certain pieces of copy apply to different people. It just makes it so much clearer and easier for you as a copywriter. And then um, for the customer reading on the other end to, you know, make it work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Little sidebar question. Um, Not probably not everybody segments like as copywriters, we we would love them to. Right. So let's just say um, in this case, if people were. It's a little hard to put this in a capsule to say, are you this or this? But you could certainly say, uh, are you currently uh, doing a lot of speaking, right? And have the goal of building upon that business or using speaking to enhance your, your business. Uh, or are you searching for your identity as a public figure kind of a thing, right? Right. And then we could segment people uh, into custom... You know, sort of indoctrination paths based on what they choose. Are you finding that that's the case in in most of the clients you work with that they have that segmentation in place?
1: No, <laughs> you'd be so mm. surprised. <laughs> like even if the list is enormous, actually, I think especially if the list is enormous, um, that is just something that a lot of people aren't really doing. Um, and it's great because the the business is operating well as it is, but that segmentation is just going to take it so much to the next level for you. I mean, you probably know this. Uh, you, you kind of do this with freelancers, right? Like there are freelancers who are just starting out getting their first client. Then there are the freelancers wanting to um, make six figures eventually. And then ones who want to be more of a business owner.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. Like I say, you know, when people come through my uh, RFL training, they end up sort of on one of three paths. And sometimes those paths happen at different times in their career, right? But what's but it took you know several uh, sessions of coaching writers for me to identify those paths and see it as a pattern that I could say no, this is this is really a thing, and I can enhance the teaching based on this, right? So in that regard, I kind of understand and respect why more businesses don't have segmenting. Either they just don't know about it, or it's it takes a bit of time to implement this stuff, right? Uh, if we think about like Ryan Levesque's ask you know, it's an amazingly um, powerful way to communicate with your best customers, but it's not something you can flip a switch and and have going in your business. It, it takes working with copywriters and and some tech people to make it happen. <laughs> hey, it's Kev here, and if you like this podcast, then you are gonna love the Copy Chief app. Total, custom, easy to use, smooth phone app where you can listen to every podcast episode, plus get all the show notes and dig it. You can listen right inside the app even when your phone is in the locked position. Super cool. Plus right there in the same app, you get access to all the great free copy chief content to help you write better, higher converting copy. Plus members can access the private form area right from the mobile app. It's available for you for free right now, wherever you get your apps, Apple, Android, go get it. Download the Copy Chief app today because nobody writes alone. <laughs> so my question then, Allison, is, and we're gonna get to some more examples, these are fantastic. Uh, what do you do as a copywriter when you've identified you know, one, two, or more avatars? How do you make sure you're speaking to all of them when you do write to the list?
1: Yeah, well, for let's say it's it kind of depends what what we're writing. So there are sequences, and then there are broadcast emails. For broadcast emails, a lot of those that especially if they're regular, a lot of those are fine if you just talk to one avatar. Um, for the sequence, um, it, it really depends, but there you have a little bit more flexibility in terms of um, how many you're speaking to all at the same time um if you are i think a lot of the times especially like with with the lead of an email or even a sales page sometimes it will appeal to um one avatar but the other thing to realize is that there are still commonalities of the avatar so even if um there are some differences between them they still technically have a very similar goal and they'll be able to identify with each other
0: yeah so you can just kind of find those core desires uh, to, to, to is sort of a safe way to go about it. But I suppose you could also, you know, tell the story, the little hero's journey, uh, some success stories, right. And hopefully if your best, uh, customers or prospects are reading closely, they'll find a story that they'll relate to. Yes. And that'll be extra powerful for them. Yes,
1: exactly. And, And that's a really great point you bring up. Because when you do tell the story, people place themselves inside the story, even if it's not exactly them. But they they know since it's so real and it's so human, um, there are a lot of things that they still relate to.
0: Awesome. Okay, I re- I really love this next example. Let's let's hear about <laughs> uh, the dating podcast for Asian and Indian men. Did you
1: know this is where this is gonna go? Gonna I had talk no idea about no. dating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Asian men, Asian American men have their very own set of beliefs when it comes to dating. And where it gets really interesting is it goes way far back as the early 1900s when Asian American men were banned from one, marrying American women, two, owning land, and then three, working manual labor, quote unquote, masculine jobs like like farming or anything like that. And that's kind of where the Chinese laundry thing comes into play because they were doing things like being in the kitchen or doing laundry. So um, that translates into a lot of different um, core beliefs and how Asian men uh, portray themselves and how society uh, um, portrays Asian men. So um, one of the very common um, avatars is um, the caretaker, the good Asian son. So the good Asian son um, is taught growing up to take care of his mom, his sisters, his brothers, um, pretty much everyone around him except for himself. And what happens is he has no boundaries and it makes him a little bit less respectable to other women. And um, for these avatars, it's really interesting (laughs) because we have a vicious cycle for each of them. So for the, the good Asian son, the vicious cycle is it starts with his low confidence when it comes to dating. And then he has a lack of boundaries. So then he ends up sabotaging himself because he shouldn't be this attractive sexual person. And then he ends up friend zoning himself, which gives him failures with women. And then he's back to low confidence. So he's kind of going around in this little vicious cycle.
0: I think I was a good Asian son in high school. (laughs) Were you? Exactly the pattern I would would follow. That's (laughs) Um, awesome. Yeah,
1: see, and you you totally identify with that, even though you're not Asian. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a great, great avatar unpacking right there. Okay, great.
1: Okay, so then the next one we have is called Dime Seeking Dominic. He only wants (laughs) tens, aka supermodels. Um, This poor guy. Um, he's very much driven by insecurity and maybe even a bit of entitlement. So for example, he might've grown up as a very skinny Asian guy, and now he's super jacked and strong and swole. So he only wants a supermodel that looks a very certain way that society says is beautiful. And his vicious cycle is, um, it starts with him also with uh, low confidence and being frustrated with dating so that he'll go on to look for only 10s. And not only will the pool be really small, but it comes off as really sleazy. So then women end up rejecting him. And then he's back to being frustrated and
0: low confidence. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah, I know that guy too.
1: I think we all do.
0: <laughs> I've seen that guy at the gym a couple of times. Yeah.
1: That's usually where they're hanging out. Yeah. They're in the clubs. Well, actually, yeah, right. uh, speaking of clubs, so the next one is called Hotshot Shot Sean. And his mentality is the more money I spend on a date, the more she will want me. And he mm. thinks all women want is a very rich and luxurious experiment. And where this gets interesting is this actually turns the date into more of a transaction. Because it's like, hey, I'm spending all this money for you. What are you going to do to reciprocate for me? And um, that puts a lot of pressure on the women, and it just makes it—you know—it's—it's it's transactional. It's not a really human experience.
0: Right. Well, that almost sounds dangerous. If that going and having that, I mean, essentially, you're treating women like prostitutes, but they never agreed to be a prostitute.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you're just treating them uh, nicely, like with a nice experience, but like still, right? It's not what they want.
0: That's for the wrong reasons. I mean, that's that's actually quite dangerous and probably somewhat of the mentality behind a lot of the uh stuff that's being exposed these days, you know? Yeah. But uh that's not not to not to digress, but um
1: Exactly. Well and and they kind of think like, well, this is what she wants, so I'm giving that to her. She wants to be treated like a queen mm. and all that. But you know, that's not what all women want, especially the ones that they're probably looking for.
0: Yeah. So um I don't know if it's worth pointing out here that you you have some Asian blood, so you may have special insight into this, right? Some Asian heritage yourself. Yes. Uh, In case anybody's sitting there. Very important
1: to point out. Thank you for that. Yeah. How
0: how dare this white girl sit and talk about how Asian men are? (laughs)
1: You can't tell by (laughs) my voice.
0: (laughs) But, uh, you know, regardless of that, this isn't because you've dated all these guys necessarily, I don't think, right? Yeah, you, you,
1: to some degree. <laughs>
0: okay, so, so you had some insight, but tell us how you went about identifying these traits as as avatars that you can you know write to.
1: I have talked to every single one of these. Um, I've grown up around them. Um, I am friends with them. They're very dear friends of mine. They're cousins of mine. Um, but more formally, I sat them down separately and a lot of them had felt very comfortable expressing their frustrations to me and um the topic I, I mean really just um i think having that trust and creating a safe space for these customers to to tell the truth and and be their real self um gave me tons and tons of insight
0: interesting so okay what you're going to talk a minute about um Well, let's just get to your tips because you'll answer my next question within those.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, I say go beyond the survey and get on the phone with your customers. Even better, see them in real life, Um, especially if you're hosting these events. I mean, you're seeing these people in real life and you get face-to-face time with them. So I think a survey is a really great place to start, but definitely don't stop there because there's so much more insight that you're not getting from a survey that's either missed even when you're on the phone, um, so yeah. so definitely go beyond that,
0: yeah, I agree hundred uh, percent. you know, if people lie in surveys, you can definitely get a a sense and an overall, right? in sort of a a you know a control number within some statistical significance. But there's yes. nothing like having a conversation with somebody who's willing to just be very real with you,
1: yeah. and you could hear the tone in their voice. You could see the body language and their facial expressions and just their their um, comfort level with certain things.
0: Awesome. Okay, what, 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 what are some of the other tips?
1: Look at behavior patterns, especially these vicious cycles. So again, go beyond online behavior and really figure out what that vicious cycle is because you as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a consultant, um, you could place – each person inside that pattern, and then you could break them out of it. And what's great about these behavioral patterns is um, even just having awareness of it helps you you as the customer know what is going to be coming up next so you can take yourself out of that behavior pattern. Because that's really the goal, right? Is you want to take them out of that vicious cycle to um, get them to where they want to be. Because otherwise, they'll just be going around and around in circles. And a very classic example of this is, um, especially in health, fitness, and weight loss, where people are jumping from diet to diet. Hopefully, they'll find the one that'll finally stick. So, um, if they're going around these circles, then you kind of know um, exactly how to help them.
0: Right. Yeah. Really good point. Cool. All right. And then, so, um, and again, the more detail you have, the more you're able to have specific conversations. And in many cases, you could literally grab pieces of dialogue. So let's say for instance going back to the um to the Asian dating scenario, you know, if you could find you could do Facebook uh, conversations, you could go into special uh you know I mean you might find like some message boards uh for where men talk Reddit. about the, the
1: Reddit is where Reddit. It's at. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Where people are talking openly about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're they're real selves there because you know it's um, a little bit different from Facebook because there's less of an identity attached to it, so people talk right. to unleash a little bit more.
0: Great. Okay. And so you talk also about, about sort of the you know really getting inside their heads to understand their thoughts and feelings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the last tip is just to um, find out what they're feeling and thinking, and sometimes it takes decoding their words. So um, a lot of the times people will say something, but it really means something else. Um, classic example is, um, oh, I'm just not sure if I'm the type of person to X, Y, and Z. And sometimes that could mean other things like whatever it is they want to do is just not a priority. Um, it could be a lot of things for imposter syndrome. It could be many things. But I think as the more you talk to more people, you, the more you're able to um, translate and decode what they're really saying into what they're really meaning.
0: Yeah, great stuff, Allison Carpio. Uh, man, every time you come on here, you're just so clear and concise about what you're doing. It shows why you're an expert in whatever you choose to be an expert in, and so uh, you're just somebody I can't endorse enough. If you're looking for a copywriter, um, it, particularly if you want someone to really, you can see. How Allison works she really dives in deep on all her subjects whether it's a B split testing uh, whether it's uh, you know really understanding and discovering your avatar where to go look for these conversations that are happening and understand these uh, vicious cycles she talks about and imagine how much better your copy would be if you were armed with this sort of data to to really understand the emotional hot buttons in the language that your customers use um Really appreciate it, Allison. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing this stuff.
1: Thanks. Until next time, Kevin.
0: I look forward to it. AllisonCarpio.com. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to CopyChief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. CopyChief.com.